Hey, you're listening to Naptime Investigations, a true crime podcast. What we're about to discuss is likely disturbing and contains mature content with the use of adult language and the occasional mom joke. Listener discretion is advised. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at NTIPod. We're your host. I'm Amanda. And I'm Taylor. We're just a couple of internet mom friends who like to talk about true crime and conspiracies when we can get our children to sleep. Thanks for being our kind of person and joining us to talk about what normal people think is inappropriate for small talk. Bye. Yay. Hey. Hi, hello. So, Let's go. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, cue spooky music. <laughs> it's copyrighted. <laughs> that should be our intro song. Me just going. <laughs> that doesn't give you nightmares. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. Welcome. Yeah. There we go. We didn't even need to talk about our intro music. That's going to be it. Shit. Yeah. Good job. Uh, this case was actually suggested by my girl, Megan. She was supposed to be my sister-in-law, but she isn't yet. Oh. Just kidding. I was going to say, damn, all right. Uh, no, it was my, long story short, I, she's my touch hole sister. Uh, I'm sorry? Yeah, my touch hole sister. She was supposed to marry my brother, but you know, that didn't work out, so. Oh. Uh, but she's still super close with the whole family, and um comes to like family events and him her and my brother are so cool so okay uh, well thanks megan yeah thanks mega love you girl today we're going to talk about brianna maitland this is a case from vermont is it okay so her name reminds me i read the stephen king book the outsider and the main character is a terry maitland and that's all i think about so if you've read the outsider i think it's an hbo series also i have not um it's pretty good yeah so, Brianna Maitland was born October 8th, 1986, in Burlington, Vermont, to Bruce and Kelly Maitland. She was raised on her family's farm in Franklin, Vermont. This is super close to Canada. Like, obviously, all of Vermont is pretty close to Canada, but, like, Franklin is super close. Fun fact, also born in Burlington, Vermont. Cause, wow, you're basically related. Probably, yeah. Uh, so, Brianna was down to earth fun outgoing adventurous and wanted to just do things like super ambitious she was just fun she had an older brother whose name was Waylon, and she had a pretty normal childhood during childhood she did ex- um an extensive amount of training in jiu-jitsu so she was pretty serious about it like more than a normal kid i guess she was pretty good cue karate kid music <laughs> um she originally went to Missisquoi Valley Union High School, but ended up transferring to Enosburg Falls High School midway through her sophomore year to be closer to friends. When she was 16, so I couldn't find much about her childhood. She grew up on a farm, totally normal things, Vermont-ish, you know, just- Right, Vermont things. Churning butter and shit. No, I mean, like, <laughs> she probably wasn't churning butter, but um, it is- it is whatever happened vermont's a weird place especially in 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 like this part like franklin is i don't know not good just weird super small towny like um 
I feel like all of the deepest, darkest secrets are in small towns, honestly. Yeah. The other thing is, is so this part of Vermont, so there's parts of Vermont who obviously have it like together and it's like a lot more um, with the times, I guess you can say, but some parts of it like this or um, where I have some family in, in smaller towns, like the mountains and stuff, it's very like stuck in its ways of like way back when and get pregnant, knocked up early, get married kind of thing, like teenager stuff. So um, this is just a very small town. So some of this stuff that's happened or that's going to happen would be weird for else, like elsewhere, but it's still just a very small town. Okay. So Enosburg Falls was closer to her friends. So that's why she decided to transfer there. When she was 16, so this was about 2003, Brianna decided she wanted to move away from her family farm. Brianna's family said that there was really no reason other than she craved her independence and wanted to be closer to her friends. Growing up in Vermont, this wouldn't have necessarily raised any red flags to, like, me hearing this story. It, like I said, it's a super small town, and mm-hmm. and I knew multiple people who just decided to move out because they could or wanted to. Because they could, right. Yeah. Um, although I do find it a little odd that her friends only lived 15 miles away from her, so in comparison, moving from her parents' house to, like, 15 miles away to a maybe not-so-consistent living situation is a little odd to me. Um, Growing up, I lived on an island, and I was... Excuse me? Yeah. Um, So, like, my... I didn't have a high school on the island that I grew up on. So, even... So, there was a causeway, but... I don't know what that means. I live in the desert. Like a a bridge. Like a, a... Oh, okay. It was like just a bridge over the water. Um, but it was at least a, a 35 mile probably drive to school even for me in high school. So 15 miles away from her friends doesn't seem like a long time. So th- when I when I when I picture 15 miles away like moving for to be closer, that just doesn't seem like a lot to me. Yeah. So that is a little weird just off the top of my head. Brianna enrolled in high school at Enosburg Falls that all of her friends went to, so that's why she decided to go there, like we already kind of talked about. Sure. But her living situation wasn't super stable. She was in and out of, like, multiple friends' houses and kind of couch surfing. And it didn't seem like she had a definite place to stay at all. So once again, that is odd that I felt, like, I, I just don't know why you would, I guess I'm not there, and she was a teenager, but... I would not choose to go from a stable living situation to not a stable an living unstable situation. living situation. If I had but also, a choice. I mean, like you have to think, like teenagers, yeah, they just don't they don't think like normal people. Yeah, it is what it is. So in February two thousand four, she dropped out of school and moved in with her friend Jillian Stout. This was a childhood friend, and they ended up actually getting an apartment together. So it wasn't like a couch surfing situation any longer. Brianna and Jillian had been friends pretty much their whole life. And they moved into the in an apartment in Sheldon, Vermont, which is about 15, 20 minutes from her parents in Franklin, but a little bit of a drive from actually where she she was working. So it was about 30 miles or so. So about maybe 40 minutes from where she worked. Okay. After dropping out of school, she enrolled in a GED program. From personal experience, th- I found this 
to be super, I don't, I don't want to say super common, but I knew a lot of people in Vermont who actually ended up getting their GED just because like, once again, like it wasn't uncommon. I had, yeah. I know people who just decided to drop out and didn't get their GED. Um, yeah. So, and I don't know if this was more common back then than it, back then early 2000s than it is now, but I graduated in 2010 and it wasn't abnormal, I guess. Sure. Not not that I'm saying like Vermont has a huge dropout rate, but I, I feel like that's pretty normal though, like especially for small towns because they just, a lot of people just want to go work and make money or they have to help their families or stuff like that. Like, yeah. unfortunately, that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. So around this time of her dropping out of school, it was about um february of 2004 so february 27th of 2004 brianna actually went to a party with some of her friends she actually got into a fight with some girl at the party named keely lacrosse and they actually used to be friends it was believed that keely got physical with brianna over some jealousy with a guy like a boyfriend that she brianna just a my my understanding is that brianna was like having casual conversations with him but keely was just jealous I do want to note that Brianna did not fight back. She refused to fight back. Brianna was actually sitting in the truck when this happened, and and Keely came over and hit her in the face a few times. And once again, she didn't do anything. It was so bad that Brianna actually had a broken nose and a concussion from this. So it wasn't just like a she was pulling her hair or anything. Sure. So after her mom convinced her, Brianna decided to charge this girl with like press charges. So she was charged with assault, I believe. So fast forward about a month later, Friday, March 19th, 2004, Brianna took an exam for her GED. I believe this was her final exam, but I could not 100% confirm it, but it just, so, so let me, let me go on. So, um, she went out with her mom to celebrate getting her GED. It sounded like, so it was almost like in celebration. So that's why I believe it was her last exam. Okay. Um, and her mom said that she seemed happy and normal and, and excited for the future. She was talking about college and what her plans were now that she was getting her GED or that she had her GED. And after lunch, they ran some errands, went shopping. Typical day with your mom, I guess. Um, don't super know because my mom doesn't live here. So <laughs> also my mom hates shopping. So, but <clears throat> I also um, hate shopping. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, huge fan i do like lunch though so i will always go for lunch (laughs) any food any anything so while checking out at a store um kelly said brianna noticed something outside that like kind of caught her eye and she told her mom that she would be right back kelly actually finished checking out at the store ended up and ended up meeting brianna outside in the parking lot she said brianna seemed shaken or nervous maybe she wouldn't tell her mom anything and kelly said that she didn't want to pry or make Brianna feel uncomfortable, so she didn't really ask for details. Okay. Love that for her because um, my mom would probably have asked questions. My mom probably wouldn't let me live <laughs> unless I told her what was going on, so let's be real about that. <laughs> so at this point, she told her mom that she had to go home and get ready for work. So Kelly brought Brianna back to her apartment and she was dropped off around 3 30 kelly said before heading back to work 
before I'm sorry before heading to work Brianna left a note for her friend saying that she'd be back after work and she was just kind of checking in I guess so Brianna then made her way to work where she that she had two jobs but that night she was working at the Black Lantern Inn and it was a restaurant in Montgomery Vermont she worked as a dishwasher there and this was like I said her second job her other and she was um a dishwasher but her other job was at a different restaurant in in St. Albans Vermont and she was a server then at her other job so she had been working only at the Black Lantern in Black Lantern Inn for about two weeks at this time so this was like her second weekend working there Brianna completed her shift and clocked out around I think it was like 11 20 p.m give or take a few minutes some of her coworkers actually asked that asked her to join them for dinner and she declined she said that she was super tired and she had to go home and rest because she had to work her second job pretty early the next day it was presumed that Brianna left her work alone. She was seen driving off in her car and they don't believe anyone was in the car with her. Like there was no other shadowy body like shape. Sure. Brianna drove a pretty distinct car. It was a 1985 Oldsmobile and it was registered to her mom. So this is a little important. Um, so the next day, on March 20th, 2004, Vermont State Police were dispatched to an abandoned house in Richford, Vermont. This is roughly about a mile to two miles away from the Black Lantern Inn. Brianna's Oldsmobile was found backed into the side of an abandoned house, and this would have been on her way home. So she would have driven by this, this place on her way home. This house was actually known locally as the Old Dutch Barn, I'm sorry, Dutch Burn House. I imagine people just smoked pot in there. That's what it sounds Probably like. did drugs. Yeah. Uh, it was abandoned, so I imagine not great things happened there. Sure. The siding of this house actually was touching the trunk of the car. It was the plywood covering the window laying. There was, like, plywood covering the window, and then it ended up laying on, like, Brianna's car. So it's like she backed into it almost. On the passenger side seat, so on the passenger seat, there were two of Brianna's paychecks left there. And her driver's license. Outside of the car, there was some loose change, a water bottle, an on-smoke cigarette, a jacket that supposedly didn't belong to Brianna. No one could confirm whether it was hers or not. So it's believed that it did not belong to her. The trooper who was actually called here assumed that the car was abandoned by a drunk driver. So they called a tow truck and had it towed to a nearby garage. And Brianna wasn't actually reported missing immediately because... She didn't always show up back at the apartment and her friend actually wasn't even home that weekend and her family wasn't expecting to hear from her either. So Kelly, Brianna's mom, didn't know about the car being found till actually about five days later. So no one actually knew her car was found. Um, but Jillian saw Brianna's note that Friday when she got, when she got home, but like I said, she wasn't coming home that weekend. So a few days later on the 19th when she still wasn't home and she hadn't heard from her she got a little worried like she could tell that Brianna hadn't came home yet like nothing was disturbed it was all kind of the same from when she left it so she assumed that she actually kind of stayed somewhere else this wasn't uncommon for Brianna she was in and out of friends houses and although she had her own apartment at this point like it she still kind of was around 
So when Jillian still hadn't seen or heard from Brianna, she called Kelly on that Tuesday, March 23rd. They were calling everyone that they could think of, friends, family, everything like that, but no one had spoken to her. They ended up calling her jobs, both of them, and it was confirmed that she did not show up for her shift that next morning on Saturday, and she hadn't shown up for any shifts after that. And this was super unlike Brianna. No one knew um, her car had been found at this point. Her mom filed a missing persons report. And on Thursday, the 25th, Brianna's parents were shown photos of the vehicle that was found abandoned. And they knew instantly that this was, this was Brianna's car. The police not think to notify her parents or like the owner or the registered owner of the vehicle. Right? So it was I actually mean, registered to Kelly, but they never said anything, which is that's really odd to me i thought so too um but it might not be i guess it's small town you know they assumed that it was a drunk driver i don't know um so kelly actually said in interviews that she was positive that someone other than brianna put her car that way because she would have never left it the way it was left and and like we were just talking about i wrote in here i want to know that no one contacted kelly to let her know that her car was found and and this could have been avoided like not sure if this is normal practice just I mean, but it does seem odd. Things could have definitely started sooner had For she sure. been notified. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's shitty. So as soon as they told her parents where the car was, Bruce, her dad, went to look at it. And he noticed some things that Brianna would have never left behind, which included her glasses and contacts, which I, you would assume that she would need at least one of those medications that she needed migraine medications apparently she had regular migraines and a debit card so and her id was in there too so like where is she going without her id her debit card her money her glasses so at the news of the missing person and the vehicle um this was reported and a handful of people actually came forward to tell the police that they saw the vehicle throughout the night so a man drove by between like 11.30 and 12.30, and said that the car's headlights were actually on, but he didn't see anyone in or around the car. The, the, oh, the person- I'm sorry, I have a question. So when they found the vehicle, was, like, the battery dead or something? Like, did it, was it just left, like, open? Um, they didn't say that. So when it was found, I believe it was closed. But um, let me let me go through these. Okay, sorry, 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 the sorry, car. sorry. Yeah, no, because there is kind of, like, an evolution of what the car looked like. So the first person reported that both the driver and the passenger doors were open and that the headlights were on. Okay. So another man drove by about 1230. So not long after this other person and saw that they reported that the turn signals were flashing, but no headlights were on. At about 4 a.m., Brianna's actually ex-boyfriend drove by. He drove past the scene and he he recognized the car, so he stopped to make sure that everything was okay, but he didn't see anything, so he kept going. Before leaving, he actually turned off the headlights and shut the doors. And he was on his way home from a party in Canada, so I'm assuming he had been drinking, so don't... Don't do that. Yeah, don't, that's not good. Um, and then the next morning, at an unknown time, someone actually passed the car and thought it seemed so odd that they actually stopped to take pictures and the 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 pictures that we have of brianna's car backed into the building is actually from this person who stopped like the cops took zero pictures okay but that's i i mean like i guess not necessarily super odd but it's really odd that somebody would just be like oh hey let me just take pictures of this car and like leave yeah 
I don't know. People are fucking weird. Yes. So Vermont State Police led the investigation at first, but they were skeptical that foul play was even involved. And they really kind of just considered that Brianna was a runaway at first. The old Dutch burn house where the car was found was actually um, searched by officers. So it was almost like, not even searched. It was like groomed almost by officers and dogs, but nothing was found. There was, there was no definite search of it. I do want to highlight it was combed, but not specifically searched, like I just said. And this was mm-hmm. days after the disappearance. Pretty much like they, they, they were just searching because they, they had to almost. Sure. And it was days after. So obviously anything could have been done. And when they towed the car and everything, it could have been, everything was disturbed. Her car was eventually processed by the state vermont state crime lab about 10 days after her disappearance so it was on march 30th great day by the way it's my birthday I mean, if, anyone, if anyone wants to know just in case yeah so after the car was impounded for like i said it was at least a week at a local garage it was not secured or in a secure facility we don't know what happened during that time. The car was later returned to the Maitland family, and they reported that Brianna's ATM card, glasses, contacts, all of that stuff was in there like we talked about previously. And with that being said, none of that was taken into evidence. Excuse me? So why was her glasses, ATM card, migraine medicine, everything in that car that was being searched not taken into evidence? That doesn't... I'm super confused, but okay. Yeah. So... Stressy and depressing. Yes. So the only thing I do want to say, and this isn't um, an excuse by any means, but there is not a lot of crime that happens in Vermont. So these things are probably less common there. So I would have hoped that since it's less common, they would have done their due diligence a little bit. Right. I mean, it's like something to do. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So April 3rd, on April 3rd, which is what, a few weeks after, two weeks or so, two and a half weeks after she goes missing. About 500 volunteers gathered where her car was found. And they they ended up combing a five mile radius, but nothing was found. And they had searched for about two days. A week after the disappearance, the Vermont state troopers actually received an anonymous tip that she was being held in a house in Berkshire, Vermont, 10 miles from where she was taken. The house was actually rented by Raymond Ryans and Nathaniel Charles Jackson, two known drug dealers from, um, from New York, actually. Their house was raided not long after on April 15th, 2004. Despite lots of <laughs> I was typing Coke, but I typed cock. It's <laughs> hmm, great. Despite lots of Coke and like pot that was found there, there was no sign of Brianna, but the two were arrested on drug charges. Okay. Upon further investigation, Brianna's friends claimed that she actually recently started experimenting with some drugs, specifically crack cocaine. And that's how she knew Ryan's and Jackson due to their drug connection. Okay. Which, like, I don't know how you would casually experiment with crack cocaine, but... I mean, can't relate, but, you know... Curious. Maybe I'll start smoking some crack. I don't... For legal purposes, that was a joke. I will not... <laughs> For legal purposes. <laughs> um, 
I'm a mom. Oh, I should be this show. So, brain. Uh, late 2004, another anonymous tip came in that uh, the person said Ryan's and Jackson were actually involved in Brianna's disappearance and murder, which is very similar to the other one. Uh, but this caller actually went into details about how Brianna had been held for about a week and then murdered. And the woman provided a signed affidavit with all this information. So this was actually kind of promising. Um, the woman said that Brianna and Ryan's had gotten into an argument over money Brianna had given him to get her crack. Um, clearly didn't get her the crack if there was an argument about it. Right. She or probably it. wasn't good crack. Is that a thing? A fake crack? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm very unexperienced with crack. I'm sorry. Yeah, sadly. So if you know anything about crack, hit us up. Um, For legal purposes, <laughs> do not. Yes, please don't. So <laughs> she reported that Brianna's body actually was stored in a friend's basement before she was dismembered with a table saw and disposed of on a pig farm. I, uh, I'm so- I'm sorry? So law enforcement actually was unable to confirm any of these claims. They searched these places and whatnot and didn't find any evidence that cooperated. Cooperated this. You know what I'm trying to say. Yep. So the Maitland family actually received multiple anonymous phone calls from people claiming that she was tied to a tree in the woods or she was at the bottom of Lake Champlain or anything like that, which obviously none of this was confirmed. It was just people being disgusting and messing with them, which I don't know how these people are so shitty. Um, so in two, nothing really was happening at this point. So in 2006 video footage at a casino in Atlantic city, New Jersey showed up of a woman who resembled Brianna sitting at a table playing poker the woman was never identified, but obviously people went nuts over it. Later into the investigation, it was announced at law enforcement, and they believed that the, the foul play was the probable cause of Brianna's disappearance. In 2007, the FBI actually relayed information saying that they believed her car could have been staged to look like an accident, but it was just a staged situation. Brianna's parents made a public announcement that they believe that she could have been taken or abducted by multiple people because one person would have had a difficulty getting her with her extensive training in jujitsu. Okay, I really don't think that the car was staged. I don't think these people were smart enough for that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was really staged. I feel like don't like it's a stretch, that. but obviously yeah. who knows. Yeah. Um, in 2012, investigators looked into a possible connection between Brianna and Israel Keys, but was later ruled out by the FBI due to Israel's location at the time. But this is this was an interesting theory because um, Israel, we all know, was in and out of these places, and he actually two of his victims that were confirmed his victims, which there was not many, there was only three confirmed victims of him. Two of them were in Vermont, so that's why a lot it's of people were possible. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't in the area at the time so that's why they ruled him out but you know was he ever really in an area well i was gonna say he was like the master manipulator so dude he's and wild he, yeah dude yeah that's my boy not my boy but like my boy legal purposes not my boy <laughs> so in 2016 on the 12th anniversary of brianna's disappearance it was actually revealed that the they had the cops had dna samples that were received from Brianna's car. 
but the results were obviously not made public i'm assuming that it didn't match anyone nothing of importance anyways yeah so also in 2016 the house where the car was found was destroyed by a fire in 2004 not long after brianna's disappearance there was a reward of about 20k that was posted for information leading to her whereabouts but it actually expired in 2017 so that's no longer a an option and um charges against keely lacrosse the the girl that she got in a fight with were actually dropped a few weeks after brianna's disappearance the police did look into her as a suspect but she was cleared i guess um a lot of a lot of crimes didn't happen in this part of the country so a lot of people speculated that this case could have been related to Mara Murray because that was not far away in New Hampshire. Mm. Mara was a college student who disappeared in nearby New Hampshire about a month before this happened. Um, These incidents happened about 90 miles away from each other. Uh, Law enforcement did deem that they are unrelated, but I do find that that is very interesting. It is interesting. Potentially be related. Um, so we have no idea what happened to Brianna, where she is, or anything of the sorts. Um, it's, she literally just up and disappeared. I mean, uh, my God is obviously telling me she's dead. Um, I hope she's not for her and her family's sake, but. Right. Mm-hmm. It's Brianna. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. I hope that there's some answers for her. Yeah. For her family. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, is this really hit Vermont hard because, like I said, that this stuff wasn't happening then or there, and it was it was really crazy. Um, so it sucks. I feel for her family and whatnot. So yeah, cool. Thanks for this case suggestion, Megan. Thanks, Megan. That's a very interesting case. You uh, you the real MVP girl. MVP. She keeps um, telling us that we need to make more episodes because she binge watch, been binge listens, not watches. Well, do you want to do the research? <laughs> hey, Megan, you want this research? You want to help a girl out? Send this research. We'll we'll talk about them all day long, but it's wild. It's wild. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye. We hope you join us every Monday for a weekly episode, and as an added bonus, we've deemed the first Sunday of every month a Serial Killer Sunday, so you can look forward to an extra-long episode about our favorite serial killers once a month. Go follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at NTI Pod. If you want us to cover one of your favorite cases, please send us your case suggestion to naptimeinvestigations at gmail.com or via the case suggestion link in our Instagram bio. As always, we hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for joining this party. See ya. Bye.